Hey everybody, this is Pastor James and welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. Last week we talked about spiritual gifts and the fact that the church in Corinth was arguing over these gifts. Uh, they were using these things that God has given them to elevate themselves above one another just like they did with many other things inside the church that we've talked about since starting this book. So, to finish up this chapter today, Paul begins to talk about the body of Christ, and he uses the analogy of the human body to help them understand. So, read with me today, and let's talk 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31, and we should finish this chapter together. Read with me. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would it hear? <coughs> or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together with such extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members can care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it, and if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, and those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Alright, so the human body is the analogy here, and there are many parts that make up this amazing and unique thing. Uh, many of you know my wife is actually in healthcare, and uh, she has taken just countless classes on the human body and health and biology and things like that. And So she helped me out a little bit with our Bible study today, so i got to give her a little bit of credit. Thank you, Hannah. Um, but there are 78 different organs of the body. There's like one other thing that people debate on whether or not it should be considered an organ. But right now, 78 confirmed organs of the body. 206 bones. 
an estimated 100 trillion cells that make up the human body, and it all functions together perfectly to be a singular body underneath the guidance and direction of an individual, which is absolutely amazing that so much uh, that exists works together in functions like it should. Now, the body of Christ is similar to this. It is made up of many different people, many different churches, many different places, many different languages, many different cultures, many different ethnicities, many different backgrounds, and we could go on and on and on. But it should all function together as one singular unit, which suggests the idea of unity. So Paul first addresses the fact that there are cultural and ethnical differences among the people of the church in Corinth, with some being Jews and some being Gentiles. Now, you you got to take note that there are also social differences here, and there's a difference between cultural differences between uh, race and ethnicity, but there are also social differences with some of them who were slaves, and some of them were actually free. And, and that's important to realize. So as you can imagine, people from different backgrounds don't always gel together naturally. Sometimes it takes a great deal of effort for people to get along. But inside the body of Christ, the differences were supposed to be the strength and the differences were supposed to complement each other as they function as one body under Christ. And the key here that Paul emphasizes is baptism. As Christians... We have all been baptized into one body, and not just one body with all Christians in our community at our own individual church, but we have been baptized not just in the church in our country or even in our present world, but when we are baptized, we are baptized into the body of Christ and we are baptized into the eternal body of Christ. So we are part of the same body of Christ that the apostles were a part of. It's the same church that the church of Corinth was a part of. Um, it's truly a wonderful and mesmerizing thing to think that um, we are a part of the eternal church of Christ. We belong to the same thing that the people belong to when we read about it in the uh, New Testament. And that should be very humbling to us as believers. Uh, it, it's a wonderful thing, and it should humble us when we think about it. Um, and as we think about that, we should be more willing to submit ourselves to the good of the body of Christ over our own preferences or desires because this is the will of Jesus Christ. And we're all baptized into the same body. We're baptized with water, and we're also baptized by the same Spirit that has baptized everyone who's come before us, and it's the same one that will baptize everyone who's come after us. So Paul continues on in verse 14 as he explains what would happen if the human body began to resist itself and one part began to rebel because it felt inferior to the other parts. Now, the foot is what he starts off with, and this is a wonderful example because the foot is really not a glorious part of the body. Um, feet tend to smell. Most of the time, they're not viewed as a, a beautiful part of the body. Uh, you know, there are some people who think that feet are very beautiful, but for the most part, the majority of people uh, generally see feet as kind of a grosser part of the body. It's not something that they want to be touched with and all this stuff. And if you were to put your bare foot on someone, more than likely, 
it would be an offensive gesture. However, um, it is very, very important to, to know. Um, Paul compares the foot to wanting to be like the hand. And the hand is also very important. You know, the foot's important because it takes you everywhere you want to go. But the hand is also very important. Um, and he compares it to wanting to be like the hand. And not only is the hand very useful, but the hand is also very visible. Um, it's a part of the body that that not only everyone pretty much sees, but the hand also touches everything and it touches everyone around us. Even when you meet new people, you generally shake their hands you give high fives, and you might even wave at someone. Like you, you throw your hand up as a gesture of acknowledging them, um, and you wave at them. And that's pretty important. And so both hand and foot are actually very important to the daily functionings of a body. But the foot is doesn't give as much glory and, and uh, recognition as the hand. And, uh, you know, when you think about that, it really is a great analogy that Paul uses. And so you surely would not want to do without either one of them. But what would you do if the foot says, well, I don't want to be a part of the body anymore because I'm not a hand. And then the ear gets mad and says, you know, the ear is very important. We hear with our ears. Um, what if the ear said, well, I don't want to be a part of the body because I'm not an eye and I can't see. Well, if you, as an individual, start having dissension between your body parts, it would be one of the most frustrating and annoying things that you would ever go through. You want your body and the parts of your body to do the things that they were designed to do because they were designed perfectly. Now, everybody's body don't work always like it should, but for a person who has a healthy functioning body, and even for you if you're listening to this, and maybe your body doesn't work exactly like it should, you under, you already understand the frustrations, and you would like for your body to function like it should, how it was designed by the Lord. And it's a very frustrating thing when it doesn't. So, um, the whole body cannot function... If it's made up of one organ, and Paul is using this, it's a really silly and simple analogy, but it's a great analogy. You know, if like the whole body were an eye, you know, it couldn't do anything but see. It can't walk, it can't move, it doesn't have hands to do anything, it can't hear, it can't smell, it can't eat to sustain itself. Every aspect of our body serves a specific function, and even though... Um, we may not uh, regard some parts of our body as being significant. Uh, if they cease to exist, we realize and understand how very significant they are. So verse 18 begins to go back that our body has many parts and God has designed it exactly like he wanted it. And he's done the same thing with the church. There are many parts in the church, but there's one body. And it would be foolish for one part of the church to desire to be another part of the church. And it would be foolish for one part of the church to look at another part of the church and claim that you would not need it. And so there's a twofold thing there. There are people who want to be in more prominent positions or do more prominent things. And I'm throwing up quotation marks with my hands as I'm talking right now because there's a desire for people to do meaningful things as I'm still throwing up my quotation marks right now. But we got to be careful and understand that everything that we do, everything the church does, is important. And so it's important that we don't 
quit what we're doing so that we can be like something else because that receives more glory or honor. And it's very important that the more prominent positions of the church doesn't look at other positions or people in the church and view them as being insignificant, inferior, or even unneeded. Because the truth is, is that, yes, there are things on our body that we can do without, but it makes life a lot more difficult and the rest of the body suffers as a result of not having everything there as it should be there. And you have to remember that. Um, it's also important to, to realize and, and understand that, you know, there are some parts of the body that you just can't do without. If you lose certain organs, you lose the ability to live. And, and so you got to be careful because if the whole body were a heart, which is one of the five main organs that you need to survive, you still couldn't survive because you wouldn't have your lungs or your, your, uh, liver, your kidneys, you know, you wouldn't have your other organs that you also need to survive. You also wouldn't be able to eat because you wouldn't have a stomach and you wouldn't have a mouth and you wouldn't have a digestive system. So it's really important that everything is the way that it's supposed to be, that we're all serving in the way that God has designed us to serve. There are many parts, but there's one body. And it would be foolish for us to sit here and think today that we don't need. Now there are 78 different organs and five are vital organs. But we would never sit here and just start throwing away organs in our body because we say, oh, well, we don't need this. We only need five to live. Well, we'll just get rid of the, you know, the 73 other organs. Like, that would be ludicrous. Like, we would never do that to our own physical body. So why do we want to do that with the church? So verse 22 goes on in Paul's wisdom as he's saying to some of the people that seem the weakest or the least valuable... <laughs> that they are the ones that are the most necessary. And Paul writes, and he says, the parts we regard as less honorable are the parts that we clothe with the greatest care. Now, it's quite interesting that Paul even refers to the private areas of the body that are of the utmost importance to people, yet we hide them with clothing and take special care of them because they are important, even though we don't share them with the world. And even inside the church, there are things and people that do not receive a lot of recognition. That's just, it's, it's life. Sometimes they may seem clothed or hidden. And a lot of what they do is in the background and it's behind the scenes and no one sees it. But if these people cease to be a part of the church body, we would all be in great distress. I could sit here today... And probably list at least 20 to 30 people at Graham Chapel that if they got mad and said, I don't want to be a part of the church anymore, that whatever it is that they are doing, if they pulled away from our church and ceased to be here and they said, nope, not going to do this anymore because I don't receive enough recognition for it, we would be hurting. I mean, there are so many things behind the scenes that people do out of the goodness of their heart that greatly benefits Graham Chapel, that, that gives uh, me the opportunity to to do things like right now, like like do this podcast. Like I can't do this on my own. Like this is something that was set up and done by someone else. And I'm very thankful for William for doing that and making this available. And so you should be thankful for William too. Not for me for doing this, but thankful for William to make it possible because I don't know how to do this. I just, I talk and I do Bible studies and I preach. 
But but the things that people are doing behind the scenes are so vitally important to the success of our church. And we have to be careful that we don't try to discard anyone in that aspect. So don't fall into the trap that if something isn't significant, then it isn't worth doing. That's something that is very prevalent in our world today, especially among young people. They, they just don't even want to bother doing anything if it does not seem significant, uh, then it's not worth their time. But inside the church, inside the kingdom of God, the things that are the least are actually the most important, and there should be harmony inside the body. From the least to the greatest, everyone should be caring for each other because we should all realize how vitally important each of us are. And you got you never can forget that if one part of the body suffers, the entire body suffers with it. And if one part of the body is honored, all parts are honored. So Paul goes on in verse 27 to identify parts of the body. And the first three that he mentions, he, he kind of puts in order of importance and we should take notice of that because it's important. And there's a reason why he, he put these things in order of importance. But um, just like the five vital organs, like there's five organs that our body just cannot live without. Um, even though there's 73 other organs, there's five that, that we just cannot live without. And so as he lists these parts of the church, it's very important to realize some are absolutely necessary to exist. And others are not necessary for it to exist, but if they cease to exist, then the church body begins to suffer as a result of it not being there. And that's important to remember. So let, let's go back over this again. These, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church, and this is what Paul said. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. And you got to notice that speaking in tongues and even leadership was listed last. Like leadership was second to last and speaking in tongues was last. Those are typically some things that a lot of people gravitate towards. Most people want to be in leadership because it makes them feel important. A lot of people have emphasized the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. And I believe that Paul purposefully listed them last because... These positions are so glorified among people, both in the church in Corinth and even today. The first three are vital. Like you, you have to have apostles and prophets and teachers in order for a church to exist. You have to have someone uh, uh, steering the ship. You have to have people who are delivering messages from the Lord. And you have to have people who are teaching the word of the Lord. And those are vitally important. And without those, it's pretty much impossible for a church to exist. Now, all the other things are important. And I'm telling you, our church would suffer greatly if people started saying, nope, not doing this anymore, I'm leaving. I mean, Graham Chapel would go down the toilet fast. Because while you have three main things that are, that are pretty much necessary, all the other stuff's important. You, you know, it would be kind of like somebody who has their their five vital organs but man what kind of life would they have if they didn't have arms and they didn't have legs and they didn't have eyes and they didn't have ears and they couldn't hear you know you would have this this body that was paralyzed and couldn't do anything for itself and and, and it would just be sitting there 
uh, relying on someone else to take care of it constantly. And that's a life that a lot of people probably would not want to live. And so it's very important to understand that even as a church, um, if a church has a, a pastor and a church has people who are delivering messages of the Lord and a church has people who are teaching the Word of the Lord, if the church is missing a lot of other things that, that gifted people can do, generally that church is suffering and not doing very well. So that's really important to, to understand that usually healthy and thriving churches have uh, multiple people uh, involved in the ministry doing many different things that God has gifted them doing. And from my experience, the, the healthiest churches are the ones who are facilitating and making it possible for people to use their gifts to serve and honor God inside those churches. So, um, Paul finishes up this section by asking, Are we all apostles, prophets, or teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles, heal, or speak in tongues, or interpret? And the answer is obvious. We're not all the same. And thank God we're not all the same. Paul finishes this chapter by challenging them to seek the most helpful gifts inside the body of Christ, and he offers them the way of life that is best of all. So, that's kind of a cliffhanger for the next week's chapter in chapter 13. So, it, you will either have to read ahead, or you have to tune in next week to see what uh, those most helpful gifts are and the way of life that's uh, best of all. And so, I encourage you to stay with us. Keep on reading with us. Thank you for tuning in today. Let me pray for you, and I'll let you go. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to read your word, to study it, to talk about it, Lord, to do this podcast. Thank you for all the people at Graham Chapel who are doing things behind the scenes. Lord, we have people who are posting things online uh, through social media that are honoring you. We have people who are using their jobs to be a ministry and tell other people about you. We have people who are using... Their, their own interest uh, in serving you with technology and, and audio and visual things. We have people who are teaching classes and uh, working with kids and doing nursery and, and uh, serving, you know, going to people's homes and, and doing handyman projects for people. God, there are so many people in our church who are just doing amazing things in the name of Jesus, just things that you've given them talent for. Thank you for those people. I pray that you would help them to continue to use their gifts to serve you. Lord, if there's anybody listening today that uh, that just is kind of lost and doesn't really know what it is that they can do to get, to get involved inside their church or inside of our church here at Graham Chapel, God, I pray that you would speak into their lives, reveal to them the things that you have gifted them with. Make it crystal clear. And Lord... Help us as a church and, and all the other churches to provide opportunities for people to use their gifts to serve and honor you. We love you. We thank you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week. We love you. We're praying for you. We hope to see you in person. But if not, catch us on Facebook, YouTube, or the podcast. We'll see you soon.